You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. <laughs> You're listening to the AZ Wildcat podcast brought to you by DraftKings. All right, great deal going on. You throw down $5 on an NFL game coming up. And if that team, uh, if you the team that you bet on score or wins, you get $200 in free plays. That's simple. All right. Joined by the man, Matt Mulebach, Mr. Triple Double himself, the GOAT, whoever you, whatever you want to call him. Matt, how you doing, bud? I'm awesome, Mike. How you doing, man? Dude, not too bad, my man. So, first of all, what are you doing right now? What are you up to? I am. Uh, I'm in San Francisco. Um, I'm out here. I'm. I'm doing my day job in my hotel, and and then at night I got uh, some studio work I'm doing. I did the studio last night. Um, oh, I saw Pac-12, you. Pac-12 Studios, and then I got studio tomorrow. Uh, as long as we got games, you know. So it's been a, it's been a weird couple of weeks, as you know. All right, Matt. I want to ask you a question right here, right off the top of the bat. Can Arizona win the national championship? Yes. Yes. Period. Yeah. I I look around it, and again, I look around the landscape of college basketball, and I think there's kind of like about a core six or seven, to be honest with you. I look at it, and Arizona's in there. I look at Gonzaga. I look at Duke. I look at, um, excuse me, now now I'm blanking on some up. Kansas, Kansas, Purdue, UCLA, 100%. And uh, and again, I'm blanking on there's there's one there's one more team right there that I'm looking at. But Arizona's squarely in that top seven to me. And the reason, too, is that I don't detect a lot of weaknesses in Arizona. Most teams that you look at and you say, can you win the national championship? You ask, well, you know, what exactly can they what are their what are their vulnerabilities? And outside of things that I think are correctable, Matt, you know, like sloppy ball handling and turnovers, there's not a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that, I have a really good friend named Adam Stanko that has a used to be a producer at the Pac-12, and and he has a he has like a formula for being in the Final Four, and mm-hmm. um and it's a pretty cool thing. It's a lot of things you might you, you know you might think about, but it's um you know great three point shooting, um rim protection is a, is right. a really big one. Um, and one of the things he does have, and I and, and of course experience, great guards, uh, great guard play. It's interesting. There is one that um, NBA point guards, and so yeah. typically teams that have been in the Final Four, or maybe it may even be win the national title, have NBA point guards. And you know, one of the things, and and some of that may be a function of players not sure they are an NBA point guard, and then they and then they uh, they win the t- national title or get to the Final right. Four, and they become an NBA point guard. Right, right. right. 
And so, you know, I think going into the season for me, you know, one of the question marks was the point guard play at Arizona, right? What, um, you know, what would Kirk Creesa bring? Who would be the point guard? Because, you know, Creesa didn't play the point guard that much last year. Um, and uh, I, I've been incredibly impressed with him so far. Um, you know, I, he almost has he almost has an irrational confidence. <laughs> He's, you know what? You know what it is, Matt? I it's, mean, it, it's funny. I, I, I watch most of the games with a mutual friend of ours, John Schuster, who says hello, by the way. And um, yeah. Yes. So, but we're watching it, and a lot of people are getting hung up. They're like, oh, he's only shooting 37%, what, whatever the case may be. You know what? First of all, I don't worry about that because that's going to come around. When you look at him shoot, when you look at the confidence, I have no doubt those numbers will go up. But, Matt, how many timely shots does he hit? And more so than that, and I think back to the Illinois game all the time. When he, when a lot of guys say they want the ball, that's cool to say, but you don't know until you're in that situation. Do they really want the ball? Kirk Creasel wants that ball, good or bad, and that's yeah. something that you can't teach. And that's something that I love to have in my point guard. Same, same. And I, you know, and if and if you recall those shots that he took at Illinois, um, remember I was I did one of the. I did the first couple of games for Arizona this year, and we were kind of having fun with the fact that he did not make a two-point shot last year. Like, right. literally didn't make one. All of them were threes. Now, again, he only played eight games. But um, those shots that he made against Illinois were two-point shots. They, he, he's, he's already, like, in a really short amount of time, you know, figuring things out like runners and floaters and how to get in the lane and make shots. And – I've just been impressed, like you said. Like I said, his his confidence is off the charts. Um, his and it's belief, not a fake confidence either. It's, it's a real confidence. It, it is. Yeah, it's it's it really is. Like like I said, but I mean, it's it's almost irrational. Like he's like however good he is, he thinks he's twice as good. Which is I'm saying that as a compliment. Mm. You know, like I would have been a 25 percent better player if I had his confidence. His confidence is as high as I've seen in a really long time with any player. Um, and, and um, I love it. You know, it's just, it's awesome. And, and that's not even talking about the intangibles, you know, the intangibles of, of, of just his chemistry, how he plays that the unselfishness, um, you know, I mean, I just, he's, he's done a great job being a leader and he's, he's a little bit different than you think like the classic point guard, you know, kind of pass first point guard, but, he he's he's like I said he's unselfish. He checks a ton of boxes. The only one he doesn't check um, is just, and he'll have to you know do this is just experience. And right. that, you know you think of somebody like UCLA. The reason I love UCLA, of course, is the experience. Right, Tiger mm -hmm. Campbell's done it. He he's been there. That team has done it. Do they remind you a little bit, Matt? Do they? Sorry to interrupt, but do they remind you a little bit UCLA the way that they're constructed of 97, 98 when everybody came back? Not quite the same, but you've got on the perimeter, you've got all your question marks really yeah. taken care of. Multiple guys and get the shot solid enough inside game. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's a pretty good comparison. I mean, you know, Tiger Campbell is awesome. I love him, mm -hmm. but he's a completely different player than Mike right. Bibby. I mean, Mike right. Bibby was a top three pick or top two mm -hmm. pick. For sure. Um, Tiger's not that, although, you know, Tiger never never turns it over. He, he's he's the more classic, you know, pass first no guy. And, and by the way, Tiger's leading the Pac-12 in three-point percentage right I now. I was about to say that, too. Yeah, 
I mean, he's he's shooting the ball really well. So, you know, I, he's kind of their perfect guy. He turns it over about as much as Tony Gwynn strikes out or used to strike out. <laughs> turns it over about as much as Steve Kerr did when he was at about the as much as Steve Kerr did. Yeah, that was crazy. Steve Kerr that year. I want to say we played. I think we were thirty-five and three, mm-hmm. and I think he ended up with something like thirty-three or thirty-four turnovers, which is beyond insane. Right, right, exactly. To handle the ball, and I think of all the games we played, you know, forget just the tournament games, of course, which are huge and pressure and so on and so forth. But, I mean, we played at Iowa. You know, we played Michigan and Syracuse early on in the season. We played at home against Illinois. Uh, We played Duke at home in the Christmas tournament. I think we played Michigan State at home in the Christmas tournament. And then all the Pac-12 games, you you know, throw in there. So, our Pac-10 at the time. But, Yeah, that was insane what he did. And um, Tiger's kind of doing a similar thing. He doesn't turn it over. That is one thing. It's And let's let's go there for a second. You know, I can't wait. Uh, all of us, we, we, of course, missed the UCLA-Arizona matchup, you know, this past week. Um, can't wait for that first matchup to happen. And, you know, interesting, Cody Riley's been out for UCLA. Right. They're, they're big man. He's back, played last night. Um that's going to be an incredible game. I, it's it's going to be off the charts how much fun those two games are. All right. Now, let me ask you this. Oh, and by the way, the one team that I was obviously forgetting is Baylor. Baylor's yes. really, really good. Yes. 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 And real quick, want to give a little bit of a shout out to um, Arizona. Obviously happy with Kirk Creasa. Really happy to see how James Akinjo is playing over there as well. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great point. Like, how many times do you get that win-win? Um, mm-hmm. It was great for James Akinjo. Turned out to be great for Arizona. Give Creasa that opening. Um, and you know what? People should give Akinjo a ton of credit because Arizona no was in kind of a you know a funky position last year, not playing in the tournament and those things. And you talk about a guy that just brought it every day and helped the culture. I think what he did last year helped the culture of this year. Hundred um, percent. The way and- he played, he's a he's a warrior. You know, he just he plays so hard. And uh, I love that kid. I really, really loved covering him last year. Happy yeah. for him this year. What's, what's fun, too, about it is a lot of times you don't really see guys that go on and have big success when they leave the U of A. Now, there were a couple right. guys like I don't want to call myself Nostradamus here, but right. I had a feeling that Will Bynum was going to be Bynum. good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Ruben Douglas was another guy that you could tell that, you know, Ruben's going to put up some numbers. But there's yeah. some other guys like I didn't really see Etrick Bohannon becoming an NBA player. Um, you, you actually, did you share a roster spot with him at some point? No, the guy, the guy that I, that I did share a roster spot with, it actually turned out pretty good was Ron Curry. Um, Mm -hmm. Ron Curry went to Marquette, followed Kevin O'Neill there and it kind of made sense. Our boy, (laughs) (laughs) but it made sense because KO recruited him. Mm -hmm. You know, Curry was going to play at Arizona. He was a really good player. Um, but you know, at the time there were guys ahead of him. Yeah. So he went to Marquette, had a really nice career. And and so, but you're right. It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work out as it probably works out less um, than it does. I mean, it just doesn't work out that much, I should say. All right. So I'm going to give you a glean into when I bother Matt at about nine 30 with random U of a uh, text messages <laughs> right there. But the other day we were, I asked you, we were talking about Ben Matherin a little bit and, you yeah. know, Looking around the country right now, there's some guys with some better stats. I mean, you look at Kofi Coburn and, you know, he's putting up 22 and 12, huge numbers. But I don't know, for my money, I don't know that there's necessarily been somebody that's been more impactful than Ben Matherin. And we talked a little bit about this with Kirk Risa, where you're getting the shot, where 
how many times, and Schuster made this point, it's not necessarily that he's making shots to win games, but like in the Tennessee or the Illinois game, when the, when Arizona's down nine, he hits a three to cut it to six, as opposed to it getting to an 11-point uh, differential or a 13-point. It seems that he's just been Johnny on the spot as far as cutting that, and every game against a big team, it seems that he's good for 30. Yeah, I, I had a friend that the first game, you know, big game we played this year against um, Wichita State tournament mm-hmm. game, you know, kind of nationally televised, everybody everybody tuned in. Okay, what is this, is this Arizona team for real? And after like 10 minutes, he's like, hey, I just want every game to be as big as possible because Ben Matherin's going to show up. Right, right, <laughs> And he's right. right, and he, he shows up for all the big games, um, hits big shots in those big games. You talk about another guy that's not afraid to take big shots. He he wants the ball early in those big games. Um and I, I didn't see him becoming this good this quickly this right. year. I mean, he's he's expanded his game. I mean, what he does, you know, what he's done really to me, a couple things. One is just off the bounce. You know, he he's and you look back at that Illinois game is a good example. He was making some runners, you know, shots off the dribble mid range game. He didn't have that last year. Um, he had a he had a play where he came off a screen. I think it was an out of bounds play where I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, he came off that screen, and he was highly contested. I mean, guarded. It was not like an open jump shot. It looked – I mean, that's that's a shot that only NBA guys do. It, right. You know, off a screen, on the run, from 23 feet. So, I'm with you. I mean, there's a kid from Wisconsin right now, one of their mm-hmm. their, their guard. I can't think mm-hmm. of his name who's having an incredible season. Right. And the impact he is having. But I think Matherin – you know, to me right now, he's a player of the year in the in the Pac-12. There's a long way to go, but he's he's right now the player of the year, and and I think he should be talked about in the national discussion. It's really kind of you know because T.J. McConnell was a different kind of player, but when I look at Matherin and the way that he can impact the game, and just from a pure scoring perspective, being able to put buckets in, I I think you almost need to go back to a guy like maybe like a Jared Bayless on the perimeter where, you know what, I can just basically count on you every single game. I mean, there were good guys in between, but Bayless was the last one where I said, all right, every single game he's getting 20, getting me 20 points. And that's yeah. kind of the way that it feels with Ben to a certain extent. Yeah, Bayless had an amazing ability to get to the line, of course. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what that's what Ben is learning to do is, is off the bounce. Can he, you know, dominate off the bounce like a guy like Bayless did where – and, of course, you know, Bayless didn't have Ben's size – and right. the ability to play above the rim. Like, I, I mean, Bayless played above the rim for his size, but. Right. But it was different. It was different. And, and Ben's playing above the rim. Like, like think about that Oregon State game at, at Oregon State. He had three dunks that you could, three of them, you could, you could say, right. okay, put those in for dunk of the year. And he had them right. in the same game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, and he's had more of them. And, and, and I mean, when you see him live too, that's, that's the thing to me that, he just, you know, no pun intended, but he jumps off this, like just visually to you. He, everything to him, to me, you know, just looks like another level. All right. Let's, I want to talk about some of the other players real quick. We got a surprise question coming in from a listener here in just a second, but first got to get to, uh, got to pay the bills here. We got the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX, great deal going on. Throw down $5 on a team that you think is going to win in the NFL, and guess what? You get $200 in free plays. Now, to give you an idea here, the Kansas City Chiefs are 11-5 and five right now. So 
more often than not, the Chiefs are going to win. I mean, I'm not a mathematician, but it's probably about 72%, something in that. Uh, so if you want to get that $200, just throw down on the Chiefs and you got a two, or you got a, uh, you got a chance of making that one happen. Uh, eligibility restrictions apply. Um, excuse me, 21 and up, Arizona only. If you got a gambling issue, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. They'll get you taken care of. Matt, what do you, who do you, who do your Chiefs have this week? Chiefs have the Broncos, I believe, and I'm I'm not sure that it matters or like what the I don't know what the with all these, I think you guys are locked in with the two if I'm I not or maybe you're not I'm not sure exactly but I think it might be yeah because I think they lost the one maybe last week when they lost mm-hmm. to uh, the Bengals so right all right well again check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app code word PHNX a good friend or a, a really uh, a guy who I owe a lot to and I know uh, um, thinks very highly of you Kevin Woodman just texted me and said <laughs> he says. Ask Matt if he was able to see the Dave Matthews band this past year. I didn't see him. I haven't seen him for about three years. I I need I need to get back on the on the tour. Man, right. I'm missing him. That's funny. My man, <laughs> Kevin Woodman. Kevin Kevin's a beast. He's be, he's the best. He's a classic. Right. All right. So let's talk, let's talk a little bit about the rest of this roster now. So Dalen Terry, I think, is really kind of falling into that mold that I think a lot of people were hoping for. Now Every now and then we'll get somebody that'll say, well, I want him to score more. Well, you know what? At this stage in the game, what he's doing is perfect for Arizona. First of all, he's always getting the other team's best offensive player defensive assignment. And second of all, Matt, he is a really, really good one and a half as far as he can handle the ball better than people think. He's a better passer than people think. He's not a point guard. But if I'm putting him in a secondary role right there at both of those spots, I feel more than okay about what he can bring for me from a facilitating creation perspective. Oh yeah. No, he's, he, he's, I mean, his, his, who he wants to be when he grows up is Andre Iguodala. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, that's the comp for him. I mean, it's built the same way too. He's, he's built the same way. He's got similar size. Um, I think he has a he has a similar mindset in terms of, you know, I'm going to help the team any way I can, mm-hmm. you know. And and I don't think we all knew this at the time at Arizona, but Andre Iguodala turned out to be one of the smartest basketball players maybe of all time. Like right. he's he's brilliant in terms of his his basketball. He's actually pretty smart off the court too, but he's For brilliant sure. like in terms of his basketball IQ and you know how he plays the game and how he thinks about the game. Um, and and of course, I think the thing that separates Andre um, is his defense, his defensive ability, you know, to guard guys. I mean, he's, he guards every anybody and everybody. And I think that's the next step for, um, you know, for Dalen is to become that type of defender. And he takes it on now. Like, I love the clapping he does out in front and right. keep his team fired up. And, and is that is that like by the way is that the new like Duke they used to pound the floor and now we now we see the clapping out front I mean that in the inside that in the inside out shorts I yeah. can't tell you how many times I see guys around campus with the inside out shorts now but I think I think you're right I think that's the cool new thing to do and I'm yeah. it's the Steve Wojciechowski thing where you know what yeah. why not it, it's it's and awesome it's, let's have and fun. It's, you and know? it's only annoying too because you're good. Like if it's a really bad sure. player doing it, dude, right. get out of here. I don't care. But right. if you're good, you can get away with it. That's right. And you know what? It probably is annoying to to other teams, and it sh- probably should be. Like that's part of having fun. Out For here. sure. And, and this team's this team, Matt. And that's the other thing too. You can tell this team has fun. 
I mean, you watch him out there and you've been able to watch him up close. This is a, you know, and not that they weren't having fun in the past, but this is, you can just tell that there's kind of this youthful enthusiasm that, oh my gosh, we're about to, you know, especially when they're in the midst of one of those runs where, you know, it's a 21 to three run or something like that. And it probably takes them back to high school a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, we talked, I think we talked about it on your show. And if we didn't, I, I, I've got a game and I think next month or something with Arizona. And I, what I really want to do is I want to put together a package of a, a video package of all of the dunks Arizona has with other players literally celebrating as the person is dunking. Like yeah. it's, it's almost like a new thing that Arizona has created. You know, I, have to, I think back to the old Miami, you know, the famous picture of, uh, was it Dwayne Wade throwing the pass to LeBron? Right. LeBron's going up and dunking it. And Wayne's and he's Wade's already just, he, he's already doing that. Yeah. And and I want to put this video package together and show it because I mean it's first of all, it's just incredible that they've they've done this now like three or four times where mm-hmm. guy goes up to dunk and the other guy's literally with him. Like he's enjoying the process right with the guy dunking. So, you know, I, and I'll say this, you know, a couple things. One is every coach now. They're, the number one thing they're trying to do is figure out chemistry because all these players are coming from everywhere. They're transferring. There's no sitting out. They have, sometimes they have experienced teams, but they have no continuity, right? They have guys right. that are brand new. Look at Oregon this year. Look at Oregon. And and so every coach is trying to figure out the formula. How do right. I, you know, how do I figure out chemistry off the court? How do I figure the chemistry on the court? you know, culture, chemistry, the whole thing, roster changes is huge. And Tommy Lloyd, as much as anything he's done, I don't think he's gotten as much credit for how he's brought the chemistry together, the culture together so quickly. And when you see all that, that's not by mistake, right? That mm-hmm. That's not, it just doesn't happen overnight. Tommy deserves a ton of credit. Now I will say this though, there's when you see like I, I think of it as culture can be terrible, normal, and then great. Mm-hmm. But there's actually one more. There's like one more like I almost call it like magic. Okay. Where teams have this magic culture that almost you can't predict. You can do everything about it. You might have great culture and that's it. But then there's a magic culture that comes. And I was on. A Did team you see 88 being that way? 88 was magic. And I, I don't know how to explain it, but it, it happens kind of organically. It comes from the top. It comes. It came from loot, and it comes from having really good guys. But on top of that, then you have good guys. The roles start. You know, they de- kind of define themselves, and then guys all of a sudden just it, it's it's hard to explain. But it, mm-hmm. it and it doesn't happen very often. But '88 we had it, and I'm not saying this team has it now, but right. they they have a lot of that. It looks like they have a lot of it. Well, because you look at the other great, great teams in school history. Now, 89, you come back, you got Sean, you got the best player in the country. You got Matt Muehlbach. You've got, uh, you know, you got Kenny Lofton. You've got, you got AC, you got all those guys. But you look at all the other ones too. 97, 98 was going to be no duh. I mean, you're bringing back, and I've made this point a lot. In my opinion, that's the best perimeter in recent college basketball history because what other team can you tell me at the time has the first team all-american point guard shooting guard and a third team all-american small forward and oh by the way jason terry a future national player of the year i mean (laughs) people talk about like that illinois team that beat arizona back in the day but they didn't have that fourth guy 
Right. I mean, you had the three guys, but so right. and even in 01, you had the year where you had Bobby and you had, you know, it was kind of disjointed for a good percentage of the season because obviously of her her passing, Luke takes some time away. But you know, for me, and again, I'm I don't know that I've ever asked you this. Which team do you consider the best team in school history? I think 01. Yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah. I think 01. I mean, again, I think, you know, there was Lauren just no Woods, no holes. Lauren Woods was really underrated. He he could have been he could have been an NBA all-star. He was that talented. Mm-hmm. Um and then remember you had Luke Walton off the bench. Right. And wasn't he the sixth man, I believe? Correct. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I, to me, and, and Michael Wright at the four, like I'm not even, you know, I don't even think about him when I think of that team. And, and they were perfect fit. fits together too. Perfect everything fit. everything right. fit perfectly. You had the score at the two. You had right. the toughest nails point guard. You right. had the Richard who could do kind of everything. Right. The Michael Wright, the, Michael Wright, the bulldog down low. Lauren Woods, right. I don't want to say finesse because that's a negative connotation, but you know what right. I'm saying, shot blocker right. score. That to yeah. me is always the team that I think of. Yeah. Yeah. What, I wanted to go a little bit off script with you here in a second, yeah. and I wanted to start. I wanted to ask you about a former teammate of yours, though, in a little bit of just kind of uh, your take on what's going on. But first, DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX, throw down $5 on an NFL game. That team scores. You get $200, in, or excuse me, if that team wins, you get $200 in free plays. It's that simple. And uh, you know what? If you win that, you could go with, uh, you know, you can bet on some Pac-12 basketball games this year or whatever you really think. Um, who would you put as the favorite right now, Matt, just kind of in the middle of this? If you just had to put your, you know, your a- if an AP voter hat on. In terms of the Pac-12? Yeah, yeah. Oh, a win in the conference? Yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 a tie. It's Arizona-UCLA. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it truly is. And, you know, I think Arizona's bigger, you know, down mm-hmm. below. Um in the front court. Um, I think they've got a player in Matherin that no one's as good as, mm-hmm. but I also think UCLA's experience um, and what they've been through and they both have great coaches. I, I It's a dead heat right now. That's where I would look on the DraftKings Sportsbook app future on if you want to look for uh, something that you maybe could find some interesting play in. All right. How about that? But how about that for a transition? All right, Matt. <laughs> One of my biggest pet peeves over the years, and I'm happy that he's getting his just due because I know that you're close with them. I know you played with. Uh, I know you played with them. A lot of people you would hear over the years. Well, is Steve Kerr really that good of a coach? Because you know he's got all these great players. He's got uh, Steph Curry. He's got Clay Thompson. Oh, and then he got Kevin Durant, Draymond Green. This year, if there was any doubt about the kind of coach the kind of program, the kind of entity that the Golden State Warriors are with Steve Kerr right at the top. There's no more questions about this. This is a team that going into the season, I'll be honest with you, I thought they'd be about a five or a six seed. You don't have Clay. I thought it was Steph and a lot of role players. And right now you've got the best record in the league. Clay still hasn't played. Take us through this Warriors team because I know you follow them. Steve Kerr is a coach. What you've seen, you know, that the average person might not see. Well, um, I agree with all that you just said, and of course, it's easy to say that about a good friend of mine. But you know, my but, other good, my other right. good friend, my other good buddy Q uh, Bruce mm-hmm. Frazier, who's an assistant, you know, with the Warriors, has been since Steve's been there. Right. I get the inside from him, mm-hmm. and. He will send me, you know, text messages after games. 
and and so it like it has nothing to do with the game, but what Steve will say after the game, mm-hmm. or at halftime, or right before the game, and he's like Matt. He's 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 a he's a just unbelievable. He's like he's a magician. I was using that word earlier, but he's a magician in how he communicates with his team, and and the way he says things, and the way he, you know, how he brings them up, how he brings them down. He's such an incredible communicator, and um, he has, you know, what people don't understand is last year they weren't very good. Right. And, you know, they had a bunch of guys out. You know, Draymond didn't have a great year, but they kind of kept with it, and he liked the attitude of the team. And even though they were losing a little bit, basically kind of 500, I mean, he really coached them up last year. And what he did is he created a bunch of guys that you don't even think about, and now they're really good players for this team. They're great role players. He doesn't, and, and I think he has the experience of being himself a role player. Mm-hmm. So he's incredible at, you know, figuring out roles for guys on the team and being really good about communicating those. And um, I, I, you know, I, I saw like a bunch of arrows were going his way last year in the last couple of years, right? Right. And they had all that change and then Steph was hurt, but he just kept with it. He, he took it. You know, um, I remember, you know, he told me one time that NBA players get paid and coaches get paid for not coaching or playing, but for feeling the heat right. after the game. And he felt a lot of heat, but he stuck with it and he got his team really a lot better last year, especially those role guys. And you see like Juan Toscano Anderson or whatever his last name is. And, um, you know, just different guys that have stepped up. The other guy that he's made a major difference in. I know where you're going. Wiggins. Well, Andrew Wiggins. I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut you off there for a second because I've always been enamored by Wiggins because he was the he was obviously the mega recruit. But if you watched him in yeah. Minnesota, and this is, the I think, the biggest compliment you can give Steve Kerr, Wiggins was kind of, and you see this a lot of times in the NBA, and this isn't meant to minimize it, but was the empty 20-point-per-game guy where, yeah. you know what, you're going to yeah. get 20 – Cool, but that's because somebody's got to get twenty. You're you're not playing winning basketball. You watch him now, Matt. He's getting you eighteen, nineteen a game. He's playing lockdown defense, and he's moving without the ball in a way that I don't even think that he thought possible. And that's to your guys' credit, right there. It is. Kerr's Kerr's coached him up big time, and he's mm-hmm. become like you said. He was he did not affect winning at Minnesota. Mm-hmm. He affects winning at Golden State, right? Um, yeah, he's done a, a remarkable job. I mean, he, you know, they more or less have the same team as last year. And, right. I mean, and they've just, they've a couple pieces here and there. I mean, what he's done with Gary Payton the second and how he trusts him. Jordan um, Poole, honestly, bro. Jordan like, I watched, Poole. I watched a lot of Jordan Poole. I thought he could be an okay reserve in the NBA. I yeah. never looked at him being a 17 point per game guy on a good team ever. And neither did you. I didn't. I didn't. But, you know what 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 Kerr does is he he really enables his guys and empowers them to, to to like let it go. Now, so he walks this fine line because the, the you know the Achilles heel of the Warriors is turning the ball over. Right. And and to some degree you start thinking about some of the comparisons of that team in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Arizona you could say right. at times their Achilles heels turn it over. But if you watch Tommy Lloyd and you watch Steve Kerr you know, they, they, they struggle with it because they don't want them to turn it over, but at the same time, they don't want to take away the freedom. You probably know this story. Um, cause I just read, I read it in a magazine. This is probably like seven or eight years ago, but it always stuck that 
when Steve Kerr originally took over the Warriors and they're in practice. And he's he's kind of getting on Steph a little bit because Steph's pulling up from 30 feet. And he's like, you know, let's let's work the ball around a little bit, you know. And yeah. then I can't remember who it was. It might have been it might have been Bruce or was Judd was Judd coaching or was Judd on the staff at that point? No. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, Luke was. Luke Walton Luke, was. That's right. Yeah, Luke. I, all right. It was Luke. Same uh, same surfer guy. So yeah. <laughs> um, he goes up to him and he says, like after the third practice, coach, um, we're, we chart because they chart everything, and he says. Yeah. He's made forty six percent of the threes that you've told him to move the ball around on, and, <laughs> and you know yeah. Steve just says from that point on, he's like, I knew I was dealing with a different animal at that point. Yeah, no, I, I know. He and, and the thing you have to credit Steve with is is being able to sort of be just to learn. You know, mm-hmm. he's not afraid. I mean, I always love the story that you know you go back to the finals the first year. And one of the video guys came up with the idea to start Andre Iguodala. And they, you know, because because the lineup that the Cavs had had a big guy that played outside and never went inside. And long story short, Steve just he went, he thought, oh, that's a great idea. Let's go with it. And mm-hmm. you know, he's a he's a totally, I mean, beyond team player, right? And I mean, he'll change. He'll 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 work with the times, he'll change with players, he'll change with his teams. Um, he he does not. I mean, he's, he's, he's a totally adaptable coach. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. I mean, I knew he'd be a good coach, Mm. but I, I had no idea he'd be this good a coach. Okay. One thing, AZ Wildcats podcast, we get, we get a lot of really awesome guests right here, highlighted by the man right here, Matt Muehlbach. Check out the, uh, check out go PHNX. You get a membership, you can get a free back the A t-shirt right there. Those things are going like hotcakes right now. We get somebody like Matt Muehlbach on. We've got a lot of really good people on, so go check that out as well. All right, Matt, before I let you bounce, I asked you this about like three weeks ago. You said you'd get back to me. You didn't. So I. Uh, <laughs> so if Golden State were to win another championship this year and um, and Steph were to get the MVP in Matt Muehlbach's lexicon right out there, who would you hold in the higher regard historically, Steph Curry or Kobe Bryant? I know it's a hard one for sure. Yeah, it's a hard one. I honestly I say Kobe. I agree um, with you. I agree with you. I mean, I thought about this a lot after you asked me, and I I, I didn't get back to you. Um, you know, my favorite player of all time was Dr. J. Of course, a lot of guys in the 70s, 80s say the same mm-hmm. thing. Right. My second favorite player after that was Sean Elliott. Mm-hmm. Um, because I played with him and I loved watching him. But right now, there's no doubt uh, my favorite player ever is Steph. Like I just I love everything about him, how he plays. And I'm not sure you think about guys that have changed the game, you know, like Magic Johnson, a six nine point guard, and how that changed right. basketball. Um, you know, Kareem and his sky hook and how it changed. What Steph has done, I mean, Kobe never did anything like this, where where he changed the way literally everybody plays the game now and the spacing right. and you know, shooting 30 footers and and the analytics behind making threes. I remember Charles Barkley in 15 when the Warriors won their first title. Mm-hmm. didn't think it could happen. And he was the right. naysayer. And, you know, you're going to, you're going to live and you're going to die with the three, but they won with the three. Right. Right. But with that said, with all that said, and like I said, Steph is my favorite player, but Kobe's Kobe's like his will. Yeah. And, and his force, the force that he brought to games on both ends, right. Mm-hmm. On offense and defense, because Kobe's one of the best, he is one of the best defenders we've seen in the last 30 years. Correct. 
Um, he was really just, a guy that had no, he was, Kobe was really the guy that across the board was pretty much a 10 in every category. I totally agree. He just, you know? every, in every category. And he, he's really, he's really the closest thing we've ever had to Michael Jordan. I For mean, sure. There's Michael and then Kobe was the closest thing we had. So, you know, you know, it's funny when I was, when I was pet, when I've been pestering you about this for the past couple of weeks, like I agree with you as Kobe, I kept trying to talk myself into Steph because I want to be that guy. Right. But you know, Kobe, like you said, Kobe just had such a ferocity on the court that, yes. you it's, know, it's hard to ignore. And for the duration, by the way, yeah. How about the duration he had that ferocity? For sure. I mean, we're talking 20 years and for about 17 of those years, he was an elite level player. You know, it wasn't like a lot of guys you'll see that'll hold on for five or six years. It's kind of the Kareem thing where you're obviously one of the all times. But Kobe, until he went down with the Achilles, was one of the top five, six players in the world for a long time. And and think about the other thing he did. Think about all the the international games he was in, the the Olympic games. The, the, you know, the qualifying games and all those things that he was a huge part of. Um, I mean, the guy never stopped playing. It was incredible. Right. For sure. Matt, I'm going to let you go. Just let the people know real quick what you're up to right now. Cause I know you're, uh, I know you're on travel assignment doing two different things. What's up? Yeah, I'm working during the day as a, as a, as a, as the attorney. And then I got the, I got the studio, got the studio tomorrow night, uh, pack 12 studio. So we'll be watching some games and, I actually have studio the next few weeks of, of here and there, so it'll be fun to to cover some of the uh, some of the games. I, I'm trying to think who Arizona has next week. Um, I think you got. Uh, I think you got. Don't you have? Uh, who I should know that. Don't you have? St- I want to say you have Stanford, but let me. Hmm. No, that's in Hold two on. weeks. I think that's yeah, in two weeks, right. Play. They have Cal State. Oh no, my bad. You got uh, you got Colorado. You got Utah. You got the Mountain Schools. Got the Mountain Schools. So. You know, middle. It's going to be crazy because who knows how some of these games are going to be scheduled. You know, obviously Arizona, ASU tomorrow should have happened. That didn't happen, so we could have some games on Monday and Sunday and Tuesday and whatever else. So, Matt, you're the best. I'm forever uh, uh, grateful for all the time you give me, and uh, yeah. I'm going to keep bother. I'm going to keep bothering you via text. Do it. I love it. I love it, Mike. <laughs> all right, he's Matt Mulebach. I'm Thanks, Mike man. Luke. Thanks again for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Oh.